Robert, at one point, now years back, your life was headed in the wrong direction. Can you tell us what was going on and, and how did you change it? Well, you know, I kind of grew up in a uh, um, an environment that, you know, was, was very bad. Uh, the name of the project that we were raised in was called Dodge City Projects. I mean, life as I knew it was perfectly fine until my mom and my stepdad got a divorce and we ended up moving into the projects. And it was there that, you know, my mom got addicted to drugs and, you know, things were just, it, it was hard um, growing up, you know, really didn't have a lot of food in the refrigerator. You know, mom cared kind of more about drugs. But again, um, I understand the severity of addiction and that it's a sickness and a disease now that I'm grown. But back then I didn't understand. Um, so, you know, going to school, not really having a lot of things being talked about, um, you know, never having, you know, food to eat in the refrigerator and things of that nature. Uh, you know, that was kind of my day to day. But then, um, one day when we came home, um, when I was leaving school, I got to the top of the hill and when I, uh, you know, descended upon my apartment, I kind of noticed that all of our stuff was, uh, sitting on the, um, the side of the road and then uh it was in that moment that i kind of that things kind of changed for me as a little boy you know i kind of turned into a man you know i've already been through a lot and then seeing that and then not having a home was kind of like oh man so i walked to my grandma's house and then from then on i was kind of on my own just kind of doing my own thing you know i really despised authority um didn't really want to listen to people and things of that nature so you know, I dropped out of school and I kind of was a rebel, you know, a rebel with the cause, I guess, because, you know, when you've experienced such trauma and lack at, um, that, that I, you know, that I've experienced, then, you know, money becomes your motivation. The, that one thing that you need that can change your situation and circumstances will be money. And so um, I just went learned how to sell drugs and learned how to break the law. I joined the gang and I wanted to be successful by all means, whether it was the right way or the wrong way. And so uh, I ended up becoming uh, big in the drug game. I ended up using drugs as well. Um, and I got real big in the drug distribution gang and I ended up uh, going to federal prison and it was there. I did five years. And like I tell people, it was, at rock bottom that I found my purpose. And that's when I was released. So when you came out, uh, how were things different and, and how did you find your way? Yeah, when I got out, I just kind of knew, you know, my dad died in prison when I was 16. And so that reality coupled with, you know, me being a father and a, and a husband at the time, I, you know, I know I didn't want my legacy to be that of my father's. And so I made sure that I, I, I crafted a plan and strategy so that when I was released, that I could be successful. All right. And I knew I was a felon, so I couldn't go get a regular job. So uh, I knew that entrepreneurship was, was what I needed, you know, and I needed to go into that field in order to be successful and provide. Um, so with me getting out, I ended up going and getting a job, um, busting tables and I worked there for a year, but when they gave me a 10 cent raise, I, I knew it wasn't 
sustainable for me to stay there. And so I left and uh, I started my cleaning company, Imperial Cleaning Systems. And today you are a successful business person in the Nashville area. Yes, I am. I'm the CEO of Imperial Cleaning Systems. I'm also a community leader and entrepreneur. I've created several different businesses, the Lab Nashville being one of them, um, and uh, iStudio Nashville. One was a co-working space. The latter uh, is, I, is iStudio Nashville. It's a, uh, uh event space and office suites. And here in lies my office as well. Also, the because it's a big space, I, call, I have a classroom and a conference room. The classroom is used to uh, teach kids through my nonprofit, Impact Youth Outreach. So you're a big believer in second chances. I am definitely a believer in second chances. Uh, I'm a Christian. And so, you know, all of the notable men in the Bible, uh, you know, God didn't use uh, the typical people to accomplish his goals and purposes on this earth. He uh, He always used the uh, the people that had a little, you know, a little that were rough around the edges. He did, and to accomplish some of his biggest goals, as he used those people. And uh, one thing he all he always talks about is grace and mercy. And it was only through that 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 you know I was able to to be here and do the things that I'm doing. And so with that, with that, with that, we're stewards of our experiences, right? So you, we think that we go through things solely for our benefit but it's also for the benefit of others, people we know that's around us and also for people we don't know. And so I wanted to make sure that I used all of my experiences in life to affect change in the community in which I live, whether it be an at-risk teen uh, through my nonprofit or a returning citizen uh, through my through the Dream Foundation and the Dream Initiative that we help them, whether it be me get, helping them get their rights restored helping them find gainful employment through our workforce development program. Um, whatever we have to do, we've, I've kind of made that my mission in life. And two pretty incredible things have happened for you. Uh, one was a couple of years back when you got a pardon from the governor of Tennessee, and recently you received a presidential pardon. Tell us about that. Yeah, it was a phenomenal moment. I, um, the first one, with me getting out, you know, I knew I, I wanted to pick up the piece to my life and, and, at some point, you know, I wanted to find some normalcy in being a returning citizen, which is hard because there is a negative stigma that comes along with a person who's been to prison. And so, um, you know, after I built my company and, and, you know, provided jobs for the community, I was like, you know what, let me try to get my rights restored. So then I got my voting rights restored. And then I said, you know what, let me try and see if the governor of, Nat of Tennessee will pardon me. And I, I went through the process. Lo and behold, thank God, he found in his heart to pardon me. And then after the state pardon, I said, well, you know what? Let me try for the federal pardon. Let me petition the president to see if he will pardon me. And I, I'm the first person in history to do this, to, both, to, to receive both a state and federal pardon in two years. And so uh, the process was strenuous. It was frustrating. At moments, I wanted to give up. Um, because I just didn't see it happening. And, but my faith, you know, my faith, uh, was stayed strong and I, and I, and I stayed through the process and, and God blessed me. And here I am today, uh, a redeemed man, I'm restored. Uh, and I'm an example to what hard work and, 
uh, faith and, and, and allowing God to use you, could, could, the benefits of that. So when you talk to, to young people in the community, when, you know, just uh, chatting offhand, no, no formal meeting, just, you know, kind of on the side and so forth, how do you share this with them? You know, what you've been through and, you know, to give them some nuggets of encouragement, what do you tell them? You know, I, I th- relatability is key. And so I make sure that I'm always transparent and open with the kids because, you know, I, I don't believe in sugarcoating anything. Why? I mean, we live in a real, a real world. These these kids have experienced real trauma, so it's in, it's important for me to to tell them what they already know, opposed to I don't think we give our kids enough credit in that they're resilient and they're smart, and um. So I just be I'm I'm just in full I'm just a transparent person. I just love to be honest with them about things um because they understand that. And so I just tell them no matter what you've been through, no matter the mistakes you've made, that you can go forth, you can overcome those mistakes and 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 get your life back on track. Don't let nobody speak negativity into your life. Uh I try to I tell them to be more optimistic. Uh, to take, but to also to take responsibility uh, for their actions as well. You know, I say it's a it's a glorious thing to take responsibility for something. It's okay to make a mistake, own it, and move forward. So those are some of the things I share with these kids. You wrote a book called the The Journey Back to Now, which I understand is still available. Uh, it's been published. Tell us about that and where people could get it. Yeah, the Journey Back to Now was a a book about my life. It's essentially the journey that it took to get to the person I am today. So it's the journey back to the person God intended for me to be. And uh, you can, it's on Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble. Uh, it's a great read. It's a best-selling book. Um, and it's essentially about my life and my journey and becoming who God intended me for, for me to be. And um, I'm very proud of that work. And uh, uh, a lot of programs use it for case studies around the, around the, around the country. All right. Robert, we sure appreciate your sharing with us. No problem. I really appreciate y'all having me. God bless everyone. Uh, I urge everyone to look me up, get involved, and let's stay connected. But thank you so much for having me.